Welcome to this God-inspired message from Shofar Christian Church. Enjoy today's message. May you experience the presence of our Father and may you grow deeper in your relationship with Him. Amen. Amen. Come and give somebody a high five and says, Jesus is going to touch you tonight. Come on. Bring some chies. Awesome. Thank you, worship team. That was beautiful. That was beautiful. Praise God. Praise the Lord. It is such an honor for me to be here with you guys. We had a wonderful weekend. So many beautiful things happened. Uh, it's uh, something that burns in my bones is I don't want to talk about Jesus. I want to demonstrate the kingdom of God. That was uh, in 1 Corinthians 2, the apostle Paul, that was his passion in life. He would say, I didn't just come with eloquence. I came with a demonstration of the spirit and power. Demonstration of the spirit and power. Why? So that your faith would not be in man, but in God. So that's what I live for. And so um, yesterday we, and this morning, we prayed for people with physical conditions. So yesterday during our healing session uh, of the School of the Spirit, uh, around 25 people responded for healing, and uh, 22 of them got physically healed. 22 out of the 25. Some conditions for 10 years or even longer. Jesus heals. Amen. Jesus heals. Some people, like three or four different conditions, just disappeared off their bodies as Jesus healed them, as he touched them, as he changed them. And so this is the one aspect of who Jesus is. He is the healer. So come on, say it. Jesus is my healer. Amen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like she's uh, uh, one of the individuals that like, like three or four things or what disappeared off your body. Amen, amen, amen. Praise God. We worship you, Jesus. Amen. So quickly, I want to show you my photo of my wife and my family, for those who haven't been here this weekend. So uh, my wife, Sonica, uh, she's worship pastor at our church, and we've been married for more than 20 years, and I love her very much, and can't do ministry or can't do life without her. And our son, Vian, who's 13, high school, had the shock of his life in grade 8, how ungodly the young people are around him. So we are praying into the school and trusting for the school to come to Christ. And so he's had a tough year so far, but he's growing in Jesus. And uh, yeah, so it's, it's awesome to be here. I also want to just quickly show you my website, uh, andrekruger.org. Uh, my life message is about the fivefold ministry. Okay, so you can go there and take the fivefold ministry test. So what this is about is, is 50 questions that reveal to you sort of your current leaning in terms of the fruit in your, in your life, in terms of are you a little bit more apostolically bent, more prophetic, more pastoral, more teaching, more uh, uh, evangelistic, and also you can be a mix of some of them. But it will only tell you where you are at currently. It doesn't prophesy your future. And what I've seen is for many people, they're like, oh, I don't know, I like people, so maybe I'm pastoral. <laughs> But most of us don't actually know what we are called for until you receive a prophetic word that unlocks your identity in Christ. And so um, 
I'm still going to add some, uh, when you fill it in, I'm still going to add some, like, uh, reports and things on it. Just need to get some time. When we're not busy with meetings, nay, Philip, then we're going to have time to uh, add a few other things to the game. Okay, and then my wife wrote two amazing books. The one is called Free to Be. Uh, It's about becoming the woman God destined you to be. Uh, A a wonderful story. So there was a a couple in in Somerset West, uh, Shofar Somerset West, and they basically were both backslidden. They were in Shofar for, for quite a few years, but they became disillusioned with God and the things of God, and so they were backslidden. So the wife, the lady, came to an awakened uh, uh, morning where my wife spoke, and a team of our guys from East London were there. And uh, anyway, so she got the book. And as she was reading it, uh, and, and, and she had an encounter at the awakened event where people prayed for her, and, uh, and, and there was like the, she, the, that flame was kindled on the inside of her. And... She started to read Sonic as one of her books. I think it was the free-to-be one. And then the one day, it's like a devotional, but a meaty devotional. It's like really stories and things that, and, and wonderful truths. And the one day was just really powerful to her, and she realized her husband needs to read this. Okay? He's backslidden, eh? disillusioned with God, offended with a whole bunch of stuff. So she said, and he's, she, and he's not going to listen to her if she, if she tells him, read the, read the page. So what she did is she put it on the bed. And she bent it open so it would like stay open, like where he could see it. He read it. It rocked his world. For both of them, they started to pursue the Lord. They started to pursue more of the Holy Spirit in their lives. And they are now planting a church and shepherding, pastoring a church in the Shofar group. How awesome is that? Come on, give Jesus praise for that. That is beautiful. That is beautiful. And so I tell you, one encounter with Jesus can transform your life. Life happens. If you weren't in church, I would have said it differently. I wouldn't have said it. Somebody else might have said it. But life happens. Eh? Negative things, bad things happen. And then the enemy, sometimes it, it, it crushes our faith. And God wants to restore our faith. And sometimes a book um, can help us. So it's free to be is the one. The other one's life is beautiful, and it helps you to see the good in the negatives of life. It really is powerful, changed so many lives. So quickly, you want to see, uh, ladies, anybody else that's had a birthday this month? Oh, two hands. Oh, too late, too late. Here's one. Life is beautiful. And then for you, for you to be, there's a few extra copies. So if you want one, it's 100 rand a copy. Um, uh, but speak to Philip afterwards if you want. There's a few copies left. Okay, awesome. So um, check out the, the, uh, the questionnaire. It is really a good idea to, to discover who you are or what your fruit is currently, but it doesn't give you your future. So one of my missions in life is... To, to move the church into the fivefold ministry, the full fivefold, five rivers. And I just felt as I was singing in the spirit, I just saw like a river of life, just a river of life that's going to gush through this church. But then we need to pursue that together, the fullness of the Holy Spirit. So John chapter 7, around what, 32, around there, it says, Jesus said, they believe in me, rivers of life will flow forth from their inner being. 
not river, reverse. And, it says, and they speak, we're speaking about the Holy Spirit. So I believe that there are, there are rivers. So you have a, a apostolic anointing, which is about the demonstrating of the kingdom. I don't know if we have a, my, one of my diagrams there, the fivefold ministry diagram. If you have it there, it might be somewhere there. That, yeah, there it is, there it is. So those, they represent five rivers, five anointings. And when you step into the apostolic flow about the kingdom of God, tangibly coming, when you step into the apostolic flow, you might not be an apostle, but suddenly when you pray for people, people get healed. So I was at Chauffeur Wellington, and I was praying over some of the worship leaders, and the Lord prophetically told me that as they worship, people are going to get healed. That was two months ago. So I spoke to Pastor Niels just now, and he says this morning, as they were worshiping, he felt that they, during worship, he just felt like people have just gotten healed. And he said, test your bodies. Five people physically healed. Five people physically healed. Just while they're worshiping. They didn't even command in the name of Jesus. They just, the anointing. That's an apostolic anointing. When the kingdom tangibly manifests in people's bodies, it changes lives. So in October, September last year, the Lord started to speak to us in East London about deliverance. And so we had uh, an encounter for freedom encounter, and uh, a whole bunch of people uh, responded on one of the altar calls. And I just felt the Holy Spirit say, come pray for one of the people. And as I prayed for them, the fire of God started to fall on everybody. I think it was, say, between 50 and 40 people that responded to the altar call. Literally, well, let me not over-exaggerate. At least 90% of them experienced the fire of God coming upon them that they fell to the floor, and when they got up, they were changed. The one guy, his name is JP, he fell to the floor, shaking under the power of the Holy Spirit. When he got up, he didn't even want to be there. His girlfriend dragged him there. He didn't want to be there. When he got up, he didn't want to drink anymore, and they were living together, and they went to their children, and they said, we're not going to sleep together anymore until we get married. No one even spoke about it. That's the power of God. One encounter changing their lives. The lady, she was bipolar for more than 10 years, suicidal. She wanted to take her life. She was struggling. She was on like handfuls of pills a day. She had an encounter with Jesus, and she was healed of bipolar. And you don't get a healed of bipolar. Isn't that amazing? That is Jesus. That is Jesus. Come on, give a clap offering to Jesus. Yes. Jesus. And I know when the things of the Holy Spirit, it is out, out of the box. A lot of people are afraid about people that fall. A lot of people are afraid when people shake. Like I read the day of Pentecost, Acts chapter 2. What happened? People were looking at this. A wind of, uh, a massive wind came. Tongues of fire came, uh, resting on people's heads. Uh, so they suddenly supernaturally start to speak human languages that they did not know. And what did the onlookers say? These guys are drunk. In other words, they were so overwhelmed by the Holy Spirit that the way they were acting was like, you guys look drunk. See, when the power of the Holy Spirit comes, it's like, it's out of the box. It's not ordinary. It's not normal. But you can look at the result of that person having the encounter of Jesus. You can see the change. They want to sort out their lives. They want to give their lives to Christ if they're not saved yet. And they want to, and, and, and suddenly they want to follow Jesus. So I want to encourage you. Don't look at what it looks like. The Bible doesn't tell us judge a manifestation. It says judge the fruit. Look at the fruit. 
And, 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 and what I've discovered is, is that God wants to give people encounters. So on that Saturday morning, as like 35 plus of our people were having these incredible encounters with God, the Lord said to me, give my people an encounter with me. Give my people an encounter. So this is one of my other passions in life is to facilitate the presence of God so that someone can have an encounter with Jesus and be changed. And when they have the encounter, things change on the inside. Sometimes we don't even know what's happening. But something changed. Something changed. Hallelujah. Come on, say praise Jesus. <laughs> I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you. An encounter with Jesus... It is the work of the Holy Spirit that transforms our lives. And I know often we're like, oh, I'm afraid. I don't know. I tell you, never be afraid of what Jesus wants to give you or do in you. He wants to transform you. He wants to transform you. So I want to quickly share with you a little bit about, the, um, about having a kingdom encounter. I want to share a few stories with you. I want to take you to a passage or two to speak about this. But so the fivefold, the one, the apostolic, is the kingdom tangibly manifesting. And one of the ways the kingdom tangibly manifests is uh, when demonic things go. Okay, I'm going to share a story or two about that, how God has been revealing to us. The prophetic is the presence of God and obviously hearing the voice of God. Pastoral is relationships flourish, a supernatural anointing that heals hearts restores relationships, and knits the body of Christ together so that His kingdom can come. Okay, then the teaching anointing, that is when we receive revelation from the Word of God that helps us and empowers us to live out the Word of God. And then the evangelistic anointing is supernatural grace for people to be cut to the heart so that they would turn to Jesus. Okay, Pentecost, 3,000 men, like, cut to the heart. What must we do to be saved? evangelistic anointing, and together they fulfill the fullness of Christ. Go read Ephesians 4 again. It says the fivefold are revealed to cause the bride of Christ, the church, to step into the fullness of Christ. It's the only way. Five anointings, five anointings. When you get into the evangelistic river, you're going to be evangelistic. Not an evangelist, but you're going to be evangelistic. If you step into the prophetic river, you might not be a prophet, but you're going to be prophetic. You're going to hear the voice of God. When you step into the pastoral river anointing, suddenly your heart's going to be healed, and you're going to bring healing to other people's hearts and relationships. This is the only way to do ministry. It is by the Holy Spirit. It's by the Holy Spirit. There's no other way. Without this, the church will be dry and empty. I said it this morning. Uh, one of the guys that came to our church Prophet Andre Bronkhorst, he's, he was in Europe, and he said, as he was leaving one of the churches there, the Lord said to him, the church in Europe will go extinct unless they embrace the full fivefold. In other words, the church will be powerless. The church will struggle without the full fivefold. And I want to encourage you guys to pursue the full fivefold by honoring apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, and evangelists in the body of Christ. And I know our church traditions don't always make a space for that, uh, apostles and prophets, but it's in the Bible. And uh, I know that a lot of guys have been false apostles and false prophets that have caused us to run away from it. But I believe right now God is calling His church back to honor the real deal. Hallelujah. So, uh, hallelujah. So, so um, maybe I can just share this story with you guys to, to illustrate the power of this. 
there's a division in the body of Christ right now. And a lot of unbelieving theology that keeps people out of the fullness of the Holy Spirit. So there's a couple from the United States, Rick and Luz. They came to East London They are, as missionaries. Now, Rick uh, was a businessman in California, and Luz a dentist, okay? So they, I mean, intellectual people. So Rick commits his life to Christ, and he goes to a Southern Baptist theological seminary in the United States. Okay, for those who don't know, we've got a lot of Baptist churches in East London. Love the people, got good friends with them. They're solid in the word, but they tend to be afraid about the things of the Holy Spirit. And what's currently happening is that I, some of these theological seminaries, praise God, they preach salvation, but they don't believe that the gifts of, of the Spirit are for today anymore, and they actually um, cause people to run away from the things of the Spirit. So anyway, so these guys come to East London, Rick and Loose, this family. They're coming as missionaries to serve our community, and they're really struggling. Anyway, someone invites them to our church, and uh, so they know we are a charismatic church. We believe in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So now they enter the church. I don't know about this. Huh? They come into the church, but they're a little scared, but scared. So halfway into worship, the Holy Spirit says to me, Andre, take the mic and sing in tongues. Hallelujah. You know that day when you bring your friend or family or dad or mom or whatever to church, you say, it's a really normal church, dad. It's a really normal church. And then the pastor sings in tongues and freaks somebody out. Anyway, so I was like, I'm going to be obedient, but I was like, oh, the poor visitors. God help all of them. <laughs> so anyway, so I sing in tongues as the band is playing, but this morning I could feel this is different. This is different. So I sing in tongues, and then I get the interpretation. It was God saying, Basically, the Father, Father God saying he loves his church, he loves his children. Somebody else comes, brings the interpretation, same kind of thing, God's love for his children. Anyway, I forget about it. A week later, I have coffee with Rick. Rick says to me, Andre, do you realize that when you sang in tongues, you sang in Spanish? I was like, no, but that is awesome. You see, Rick and Luz Zapata comes from South America, Colombia. They don't believe that the power of God is for today anymore. They don't believe that tongues is for today anymore. They don't believe in healings. They don't believe in miracles where we play a role. Maybe God can sovereignly do a miracle, but we have no role to play. That was how they walked into that church service. They didn't have joy. They were struggling in the ministry. They were, it was like the wheels are coming off on the whole family. The kids are turning away from God. There's rebellion in the house. It is a mess. They walk into the church no theological argument, just God sees them. Causes the pastor to sing in Spanish. And they get baptized in the Holy Spirit. They pray in tongues. They get delivered from their depression. The children turn to Christ. They move into a spirit-filled missionary organization. And they are now ministering in Spain. And they recently were in South Africa again. And the family is flourishing. They say the one reason God sent them to East London so they could come to our church so they could experience the presence and the power of God. Uh, isn't that awesome? Come on, give Jesus praise. That's beautiful. It's all Jesus. It's Him. He's good. The demonstration of the kingdom changes the game. No argument. No fight. 
No fights. I have, I've, uh, I've prayed in, in Hebrew supernaturally, uh, quoting scripture in Hebrew. And the one lady that's in our church, a Messianic Jew who reads the Hebrew Bible, she told me you were quoting uh, Numbers chapter 6 where it speaks the blessing, the ironic blessing. I was quoting that in Hebrew. I don't know Hebrew. That is a sign. Guys, the gifts are still for today. God wants to shift us out of unbelief into faith. He wants to shift us from the, it's not for me, to this is for me. I want to tell you the gifts of the Holy Spirit, it's for you. The fullness of the kingdom of God is for you. You need to believe it, and then you need to pursue it. You see, but this division in the church is like some are moving more and more over to the anti-Holy Spirit crowd. And the others are like full on going, like we're going for the Holy Spirit, unashamedly. And the fruit is incredible. Lives are being changed. Our people tell me the whole time, they want to miss church. They've got FOMO. They want to miss church. God's going to do something. I love that. Pastor's dream. It should be like that. Because God's going to show up. God's going to do something. But there's this division and there's this fight between the different camps, the anti-Holy Spirit camp. And they don't even know it. They don't realize it. But so what's happening is that God's challenging people to make a choice. Are you going to be ashamed of the Holy Spirit or are you going to honor the Holy Spirit? Are you going to try and build church in your own ability or are you going to do church by the power of the Holy Spirit? Let me illustrate it. It's like farming without water. Dead religion. Farming without water. You plow, you sow, you labor day and night. The fruit, very little. The harvest, very little. My, my uh, brother-in-law is a farmer in Cape Town, and they had the, the, the um, drought there. So he, when his harvest came out, it was 25% of the usual harvest. Lack of water. A lot of people are trying to do church without the Holy Spirit. It's disastrous. It's just painful. So I'm like, no way. I want Jesus to build his church, and I'm going to have a blast. I'm going to have a blast while we do it. But when we do by the Holy Spirit, when the rain comes, the heavenly rain comes, when the power of the Holy Spirit comes, then suddenly God does the work, and you're not doing it. You don't have to strive in the flesh. It is wonderful. And so I want to call you guys into that. Don't. Don't allow the, the enemy to keep you out of the Holy Spirit. Don't allow the enemy to keep you, keep you out of the Holy Spirit. So where are you today? Huh? Where are you today in terms of your walk with God? You know, some of us might be like, the, like Peter was before he became an apostle. He probably went to the pubs quite often, had a few beers, maybe too many. <laughs> you know, maybe God wasn't even on his radar. He was just trying to cope, you know, cope in life. Until that day when he was in the boat and Jesus said, cast the net out on the other side. And then the fish came supernaturally. What happened? He fell to his knees and he said, Lord, forgive me. I'm a sinner. Lord, depart from me. I am a sinner. Suddenly his life, a God encounter changed Peter from Simon ultimately to Peter who became an apostle. Maybe some of us could be like the apostle Paul when we were still Saul. Hopefully none of us will be as that bad. <laughs> but we could be critical. We could be judgmental, judging Christians, judging people who move in the Spirit, judging parts of the body of Christ. You know, in his case, he was like, I'm going to get these so-called Christians. I'm sent by God to take them out. And what happens on his way to Damascus? Then Jesus shows up, clubs him off his horse or whatever, and he says, welcome to the kingdom. 
Saul. Eh? One encounter with God changed him for life. God hasn't changed. He, does, he still does encounters. He still wants us to encounter Him so that we can be changed. So that we can be changed. Maybe you're a dry Christian. You've lost your passion for Christ. Like this other couple I shared about, who the lady opened the book. Disillusioned, offended, like, oh, whatever. Maybe you're there. Then the Lord wants to come and light the fire on the inside. He wants to fill you again with His fire. Hallelujah. So I want to take you to Luke chapter 5, verse 17. And I want to just unpack one of those moments where Jesus moved so powerfully, but there was a mixed crowd. There was the anti-Jesus crowd, the Pharisees, the religious crowd. They were judgmental. And then there was those who were like full of faith, bringing their friend to Jesus so that he can be healed. So it says, now it happened on a certain day. As he was teaching that there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by who had come out of every town of Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. The power of the Lord was present to heal them. But do you know, not one of them got healed. The power of the Lord was present, but they judged Jesus. So they didn't get healed. They judged the messenger. They judged what, God, what, what Jesus was doing or what God was doing through Jesus. Re- remember, Jesus didn't do his miracles as God. He did it as a man, perfect, sinless man, who is also God, but by the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus came to show us what is possible by the Holy Spirit. That's why he says in John chapter 14, verse 12, Assuredly, I say to you, who believes in me, The same works he will do as I do, and even greater works he will do. Jesus came to show us what is possible by the Holy Spirit. Uh, What if you and I would be possessed by our love for God and carry his presence upon our lives? All things become possible in those situations. You know, so we've been going through a season in, in East London where God is increasing a deliverance anointing. So 10 years ago, God unlocked a healing anointing. So within three years, we had about 1,200 people physically healed. And that changed my life forever. I can never be the same again. Someone says to me, Jesus doesn't heal anymore. I'm like, one, two, three. Jesus heals. (laughs) Jesus heals. Medically verifiable, undeniable. Years later, many of them still healed. Jesus heals. I know that. But now God is saying, I am releasing a deliverance anointing. Another aspect of what I would say is then apostolic anointing for the kingdom to tangibly come, an authority. So about two months ago, uh, we had a youth meeting, and uh, oh, you need to put on your seatbelt now. Okay? 25 years of ministry, this is the wildest deliverance I've ever seen in my life. Okay? Is your seatbelt on? If you, were awake, if you were sleeping, you're going to get awake right now, okay? <laughs> Maybe let me qualify before I share the story, okay? Before the cross, this, the devil was a scary snake. After the cross, he was reduced to a snail, okay? Who's scared of a snail? Anybody? Anybody? It's just squishy, but you crush. The word of God says that God will crush the enemy under our feet, huh? The God of peace, who gives us peace, will crush the enemy under our feet. 
Okay? So we shouldn't have more faith in the enemy than we should have faith in Jesus. Amen? Okay? So Jesus overcame the enemy at the cross, but you need authority and an anointing to really see these things go. But you have authority, okay? Come on, say it. I have authority. In the name of Jesus, I'm not afraid of the enemy. Amen. Okay? You need to know. You have authority. So anyway, so we have a 13-year-old girl come to one of our youth meetings. She has a panic attack. Then the guys called me and said, you need to come. I knew there's something happening. Anyway, go into the room. This girl is completely possessed. There's a demon talking through her. The demon is accusing us, cussing us out, and going on. It is like, wow. But it's amazing to see how the enemy works, because then you discern how the enemy often works in our lives. It would say things like, you're nothing. You're not valued. And they said, this piece of rubbish? Nothing. No one can love this piece of rubbish. She's unlovable. And so you ever hear those voices, you know that's the enemy speaking to you. The enemy wants to shame you, pour guilt upon you, tell you you're not worthless, you're worthless, you, you, you're unlovable. And so we were like a whole story with this thing, with this girl. Anyway, at some point, she, this demon gets to jump up and she runs to the next room and we sort of stop her and then it goes wild. Rips a cross off the wall, breaks it over her knee, uh, rips things over, hoys stuff. It's like, woman, girl, stop, grab her. Put her on the floor. Stop it in Jesus' name. <laughs> anyway, screaming like you cannot imagine. I, I was half deaf after the whole thing. But then I'm like, I don't know what to do because I can't speak to her to repent, to confess, to. It's like, it's just a demon talking and very irritating, very irritating. And uh, so at some point, I pray and I say, Lord, send your angels. Send your angels. And as I said that, this demon, you could see on the face, this demon contorted face, it was like, no, 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 like freaking out because the angels had come into the room. And the next moment, this demon looks straight ahead, I'm the year, looking straight ahead into there's nothing, there's no one there. And then the demon said, what are you doing here? Guess who walks into the room? Jesus Christ. It was incredible. Jesus walks into the room. I tell you, then everything went next level. She was set free within about 10 minutes after Jesus walked into the room. The things went. But then she prophetically could see into the spirit. She saw the angels. She uh, heard prophetic words of the angels. She could hear what Jesus was saying to us. And Jesus was saying to us, thank you for setting my daughter free. It was still a process afterwards, but her first deliverance was there. And, and then Jesus said to her, to us through her, tell the world what the enemy is doing to my children. Tell the world. Tell the world. I can spend an hour on just this one story of the process, but when her dad died, who was suicidal, it was his demon. She saw when, his, when her dad died three, four years ago, she saw the demon standing next to her dad, and then it went into her. And so we had a follow-up session because the demons came back. And so we had a Sunday afternoon session again, wild. And at some point, she spoke again. She saw what the angels were saying. She's saying, the angels are saying, get the brown notebook. We're like, what? Get the brown notebook. So we found out she's got a brown notebook, and there was demonic stuff in it, like covenant with the devil, 
covenants with suicide and she would cut herself and whatever else. So we burnt that demon in like that. It was a whole host of demons. It was like many, many demons in this young girl. Anyway, that was session two. Session three was on Monday. Mom phones me the Monday morning, says this is bad. She just found her daughter in the back room, possessed with a screw, etching a pentagram into her legs, both legs, pentagram. Because the demons, because we already broke the, all the cutting. You see, when people cut themselves, they make a, an, an, an uh, agreement with, a blood agreement with the enemy. So we always had to break all the cutting or break it off so that the enemy will go. So it's like cutting because I want to stay. I don't want to go. I don't want to go. So anyway, I, we picked her up at half past 11, depressed, demonized with scores and scores and scores of demons, suicidal, seemingly schizo. Complete mess. Picked up, 11.30. We had a session with her. Again, a little bit wild. <laughs> but in the end, when she took authority, we broke some stuff up, but when she, we got her back, when she took authority, said, devil, demons, get out of my life. I don't want you here. Go. And finally, she got, the breakthrough came. And then we went to inner healing to heal all the wounds of the past, of her dad dying, a whole bunch of other things. But basically, within three hours, we dropped her off back with mom, completely different child, joyful, peaceful, full of peace and the grace of God. Her mom sent me a message and said, thank you, I have my daughter back. That's just massive. She could have killed herself. She tried to kill herself. She, she could have been dead. She, Ten years of counseling could not have solved what those three sessions did because Jesus showed up. And so the Lord has given us an assignment. He's asking, who would set my people free? I'm like, I'm in. It's awkward, uncomfortable, absolutely. Popular, by no way. <laughs> Most people don't even believe in these things anymore. But God is saying this is real. That's why I believe God's allowing us. He's like, Andre, this is real. We have four youth in our youth. who's not even big, like 40 young people. Four out of the 40, suicidal. And others are also suicidal. Four that are suicidal that were delivered in the last month. Praise God. Jesus sets free. Jesus is the deliverer. Now, it's rare that it's this kind of manifestations, but I tell you, probably 80% of the church of Jesus Christ are demonized. 80%. I tell you some of the stuff that you're struggling with. You've prayed about it. You've fasted. You haven't got breakthrough. as like compulsive negative thoughts or emotions or lusts or whatever. It's probably a demon behind it influencing you. And you know, break it off your life and say, get out in Jesus' name. Oh, that's just good news, huh? The good news is it's not you. It's the enemy trying to mess up your life. Amen. Come on, say it. it's good news. Your face is not, not saying this is good news, but I tell you, it is very, very, very good news. When Jesus walked around, when Jesus did his ministry, he healed people and demons manifested. That was the ministry of Christ. Saying the kingdom is at hand. Why? Because he loves us so much, he wants to heal our whole being. Amen. Soul, spirit, body. You can't counsel a demonic spirit. You need to cast it out. Also, you can't counsel the flesh. You need to walk in the spirit. Okay? You can't cast out the flesh. You need to walk in the spirit. 
So we need to be aware of those things. Anyway, so the power of the Lord was present to heal them, but very few received it because of their attitude. They didn't come with faith. I spoke about faith this morning. Okay, verse 18. It says, Then behold, men brought on a bed a man who was paralyzed, whom they sought to bring in and lay before him. Verse 19. And when they could not find how they might bring him in, because of the crowd that went up on the housetop and let him down with his bed through the tiling into the midst before Jesus. I love this. Verse 20. When he saw their faith, He said to him, man, your sins are forgiven you. Jesus looking for faith. And those who are at faith, like these friends, they're like, let's bring our friends to Jesus. Let's make a way. Let's pray. It's like going up to the high places. That's when you're going to pray and you're going to worship and you're going to pray, trust God to reach those that you love, that they might turn to Christ. You want to get them to Jesus. There's no life outside of Christ. There's only life in him. So there was a guy, um, his name is Aviwe. So uh, uh, his girlfriend invited him to church. 26, 27 years old, he's an atheist. So he comes to church, praise God for girlfriends who bring the boyfriend to church. That's a good deal, okay? Don't do missionary dating, but anyway, bring them to church. And, uh, and so in the one service, I, I got his number, and he was like, oh no, the pastor, he just want to highway. The pastor's got my number. So I made an appointment with him in the week, and we had coffee, and I just, for two hours, preached the gospel at him from different angles, trying to explain to him. Anyway, he doesn't give his life to Jesus yet. The next Sunday, he's in church, and I do an altar call, and I declare, guys, real men turn to Jesus. Wimps and wusses do not turn to Jesus. So anyway, I think I spoke to his male ego. It worked. <laughs> but it's the truth. A real man understands I don't have what it takes to love my wife well or my children or to be the kind of man that walks in purity so that my future family can be blessed. A real man realizes I need God. A real man realizes I don't have it without Jesus, and that's what I've discovered. So anyway, so I make a follow-up appointment with Aviwe. I'll go to his house, and when I walk through the door, he says to me, Andre, the lights haven't come on yet. I've prayed your little prayer, but the lights haven't come on yet. So I said, it's okay. So I share with him the gospel again. Then I share with him about the infilling of the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, which is the second step to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And then I realized, man, I need to go. Time's late. So I said, let me quickly pray for you. So he opened his hands. He stood like this. He closed his eyes. I prayed for the infilling of the Holy Spirit. And then... As I was praying for him, he shared this later with me. He said, as I was praying for him, for the infilling on the Holy Spirit, with his eyes closed, he was thinking, what is this pastor doing? Is he shining a flashlight into my eyes? Because his eyes are closed and he's seeing a light. And the light's far, and then it comes closer. The light goes away, and then it comes closer. And he says, the next moment, this glorious light floods into him. It's like overwhelms him. And he goes down into the chair, and he starts crying. And he's like, it is real. It is real. It is real. His life got flipped right there. Because he said, Pastor, the lights haven't come on yet. Well, guess what? God was listening. So the light came. I love that. The light came. One encounter transformed his life. He's now in show for PE. This is like five, six years later. And he still, he was an atheist. 
educated, intellectual, atheist. He had one encounter, and it changed his life. We need to facilitate an environment with God where people can encounter Jesus. The next verse, verse 21. And the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason, saying, Who is this who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? You know, God likes to offend us, our understanding of the Scriptures. He never contradicts the Scriptures, but He likes to contradict our understanding of the Scriptures. And that's what happened with them. Like, who's this man? How can he do this? How can he forgive sins? Well, he's the Messiah. You've actually been waiting for him for like centuries. Open your eyes. And the thing is, a lot of people are saying, I will believe it when I see it. It doesn't work like that. You will see it when you believe it. Faith gives us eyes to see. Faith moves us into a place where we will actually see the manifestation of the presence and the power of God in our lives. Then the last bunch of verses, verses 22 to 26. But when Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answered and said to them, why are you reasoning in your hearts? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven you, or to say, rise up and walk? In other words, Jesus is saying, for either one is, is easy for God. Either one is easy for Jesus. Why? Because he's going to the cross to pay for your sins, to pay for your sicknesses, and to pay for your deliverance from anything that's not of God, to set you free. But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the man who was paralyzed, I say to you, Arise, take up your bed and go to your house. Immediately he rose up before them, took up what he had been lying on and departed to his own house, glorifying God. You see, every healing miracle glorifies God. And they were all amazed and they glorified God and were filled with fear saying, we have seen strange things today. I love that. Jesus, in the name of Jesus, the kingdom came. So we were at Shofar Marmesbury a few years ago. And uh, it was the Sunday night service. We've had so many people beautifully healed over the weekend, people having God encounters. It was a wonderful weekend. <laughs> so anyway, so on the Sunday evening, uh, Jesus shows up as deliverer and healer and savior. People get saved, they get healed, and they get delivered. So the one couple uh, who was with us, a uh, business couple, businessman and his wife, they, were came, they came with us. So on the one side, there was a pastor's wife who was manifesting a demonic spirit yeah, at the, on the altar call. And the lady was praying for this pastor's wife, not, not of that church, but of, an, of another church, uh, a black church in, the, in Cape Town. And, uh, and she was manifesting demons. She's on her knees and she's like grabbing. She's like grabbing the lady that's praying for her. And so Lynn was freaking out. So she called her husband, Steve, Steve. Come help. <laughs> so Steve is over there. Now he's also praying. Now this lady is like pulling at both of them. Now I'm standing over here and praying for people. Now they're both like, Andre, <laughs> Andre, come and help. So I'm like praying for somebody. I look at this and I'm like, there is no way that I'm going to come and help you. There is no way. You have authority. Discover the authority that you have in Jesus Christ. Anyway, they pushed through and the lady was delivered through their prayers in the name of Jesus. Isn't that awesome? You need to discover 
that you have authority. When the 13-year-old girl told the devil to go, a whole host of demons, they left. Because it was her agreement with the enemy that allowed it in. And it's through your authority in Christ that you must tell it to go. So I want to say the same for you. Whatever you're struggling with, you have authority in the name of Jesus. Whether it's depression, whether it's sickness, whether it is fear or anxiety, whether it's guilt or condemnation or shame, whatever it is, when you take authority, you first remove its legal access, you repent for agreeing with the enemy, say, God, forgive me. Then you renounce the lies and you start believing the truth. And you also ask God to heal your heart of any trauma or anything you've been through. Then he can't come back. And then you say, get out. I echoes clam at you. Finished. Go away. Set me free. Okay? I was 13 years in the ministry, my wife and I. And then Lord showed us we have demonic influences upon our lives. 13 years of full-time ministry. And there were things tormenting us. We didn't know. It was demonic. Jesus set us free. And then he, like, he removed the lid of our lives. And suddenly ministry went into another dimension. Amen. So come and say it. I'm not afraid of the enemy. Come and say it. I have authority in Christ. When I command in Jesus' name, every demonic thing will leave. This is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Come on, say, I belong to Jesus Christ. Only the will of God will be done in my body, my soul, my spirit. In the name of Jesus, every evil get out. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, please stand with me. We're going to pray. We're going to trust Jesus to come and set you guys free. Hallelujah, worship team, or even just, just one guy, or I don't know. Maybe worship team, come. We'll pray for you afterwards if you need prayer. <laughs> come on, Jesus loves you. He's not called us to be afraid of the enemy. He's called us to walk in our authority and tell the enemy to go in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So I want to ask you, I presume... Most of us have surrendered our lives to Christ here tonight, but I still want to make sure. I want to ask you, has the lights come on yet? Has the lights come on? Have you fallen in love with Jesus? Have you discovered that there's no life outside of Christ? I tell you, if the demonic is real, it's simply, again, evidence that the angels are real, and it reveals that the devil is real, and it reveals that God Almighty is real. Me singing in Spanish is absolutely supernatural. It is a sign that God is real. And that Acts chapter 2 is not make-believe, where they spoke human languages supernaturally. It is history. Amen? Come on, say it. I believe the Word of God. Amen. Every sign, every miracle is a sign to point to Jesus, to glorify Christ. Only Jesus does miracles by the power of the Holy Spirit through our lives. And He loves you. And He loves you. But in the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God doesn't make sense if you do it half-heartedly. It's terrible. You don't even enjoy your sin. 
because you feel ashamed and guilty. It's better to just go all out, go sin. (laughs) And maybe you'll enjoy it, I don't know. My experience is it's just terrible. The only way that the kingdom of God really works is when you say, Jesus, I'm all in. I'm all in, 120%. My life is yours. I want to know you. I want to follow you. That is when the kingdom of God makes sense. Hallelujah. So Jesus Christ, we welcome you here tonight. We thank you, Lord, for your Holy Spirit to come and work here in our midst. We declare Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord in this place. Come, God Almighty, come and quicken us. Come, awaken us. Let the fire of God burn in our hearts. In Jesus' name, Jesus, we welcome you here as our Savior. So I want to ask, as our eyes are closed, if your lights haven't come on yet and you need to make right with Jesus, I want to pray with you. If you have lost your way with Jesus, you've become lukewarm, half-hearted in your walk with God, I want to pray with you. I want to facilitate that reconnection with Jesus tonight. He loves you so much. I also want to ask that if you die tonight, are you sure that you're going to be with Jesus? Are you absolutely sure? Because if you're not, I want to pray with you. Let's make sure. Let's surrender to Jesus. So if any one of those areas are relevant to you, I want you to quickly raise a hand. Say, Lord, I, I, want, to, I want to make right with you. Amen. Thank you for those hands. Come on, this is, this is doing business with Jesus. Jesus is wanting to bring revival to his church, but revival starts with you and me saying yes. If you've become lukewarm or you need to make right with Jesus tonight, he loves you so much. And if you haven't raised your hand and you need to, I want you to quickly raise a hand right now. If you haven't raised your hand yet and you need to make right with Christ, you need to get You need to trust Jesus to light that flame in your heart again because you've lost that fire. You've lost the passion. You've lost the intimacy. Thank you for those hands. He loves you so much. He's calling you to the place of intimacy. He's calling you to the place of intimacy. Okay, so if you raised your hand, I want you guys just to quickly come and stand here. Come on, let's pray for you. Come on, there's a bunch of you that raised your hands. You can be a Christian for many years. It doesn't matter. There is no shame. It's just, God, I want to get the fire back. I want to get the intimacy back. I want to reconnect with Jesus today. Hallelujah. Just stand a little bit forward. A little bit more. A little bit more. I want to make space behind you guys as well. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on. Let's trust Jesus. Let's trust Jesus. So the second group that I want to pray for, I, feel, I felt like some of us are battling with shame, guilt, condemnation, like just negative voices breaking you down. Anybody like that, quickly come and stand over here. Come, we're going to trust Jesus to set you free. Shame, guilt, condemnation, you just feel like 
even just a heaviness, you've maybe you've lost your joy, a heaviness upon your life, then, then come. Come on, let's trust Jesus to set you free tonight. In the name of Jesus. Come on, this is safe space. This is, Jesus is here. He loves you. He loves you. He wants to. He wants to light that fire of the Holy Spirit, of the Holy Spirit in you. Then also, if there's anything else that you are struggling with that is like, yeah, that you need a breakthrough with, then also you can come and stand here. Depression, anxiety, any form of fear in your life, also just come. The waters are being stirred right now. The waters are being stirred right now. For freedom, there's an anointing here for freedom. There's an anointing here for the blood of Jesus to wash you clean and to restore you and to reconnect you with Jesus. Change starts with one person that says yes to Jesus. Change in a church, in a city, in a community. Change begins with one person that says yes to Jesus. Hallelujah. God Almighty, we welcome you here right now. We welcome your presence. We welcome your goodness. We welcome your love. Almighty God, Jesus, you are the Savior, the healer, the deliverer. Just feel like God wants to break off depression. He wants to break off depression, every heaviness. Thank you, Lord, even just for right now, for chemical imbalances in our minds to be healed. Hallelujah. Holy Spirit, you are welcome. Have your way here tonight. Come and light the fire. Come and immerse us in your presence. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Thanks for listening to this message from Shofar Christian Church. We believe that you enjoyed your time with us, establishing God's kingdom and His glory in your life. For more info, call us on 012-362-1363. Email us, pretoria at shofaronline.org. Browse our website, www.shofaronline.org. Or like us on facebook.com forward slash shofarpretoria.